Hey, what's up? This is Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram, and I'm here to let you know a little bit about Zavi, Z-A-V-V-I. They are your one-stop place to go to for anything pop culture related, anything from clothes to games, Blu-rays to action figures. If you want any of that, Zavi is your one-stop shop from Marvel, DC to anything else. Harry Potter, Kill Bill, they got it all. Use code TYLER20 for 20% off all clothes. Or code Tyler10 for 10% off anything else store wide. All right, now let's get back to the show. Welcome to the Tyler G Show. My name is Tyler G. And uh, this is the first full episode. Today is May 7th, 2020. And since uh, this is going to be like a new, completely new show, uh, a few things are going to change. And I'm going to do toy news and that sort of thing. But uh, one thing I want to do that's going to be like a continuing series is I'm going to do... Basically, a how-to on toy photography. So, like today's is gonna be uh, very beginning, starting out. What do I do if I don't have a dial? I just literally have one figure and uh, and a piece of paper. Like, how do I start? So that's gonna be uh, the instructional video today, and that's gonna be at the end of this. So look forward to that. That's going to be at the end. But other than that, it's gonna the show is going to be a lot of uh, the same things. Like We're going to cover toy news. We're going to continue uh, covering the next wave of the DC Collectibles slash DC Direct animated series line. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit about The Mechanic, which is the BTAS episode review. But nothing too crazy in depth because... I just recently did the mechanic again for like the eighth time, but with enough in depth to where, to where uh, you'll get something out of it. So yeah, it's gonna be a decent amount of stuff to cover. Now, even though there's not a lot of uh, you know comic shops open to where you're gonna be able to find the new DC Direct uh, animated series figures, the Batman Adventure Continues, where they have you know the Red Hood, the Deathstroke, and all that, all those good figures. Uh, I talked to a comic book shop near me and they said that Diamond Select uh, is not going to be shipping anything out until at the soonest, maybe middle of this month, middle of May, more likely the end of May, and that's if everything goes uh, perfect, everything goes according to plan, but they said they'll keep me updated. So I don't know, uh, unless you got sent a sample from DC Direct themselves, I don't know if we're going to start seeing a lot of those figures when they were supposed to come out in the middle of May or the beginning of May. Uh, I do hope that we see them uh, sooner than later. But in terms of figures that have not slowed down at all, McFarlane has not slowed down in the slightest. I went to Target and found uh, this Wonder Woman, the gold armor version, 
Alex Ross inspired from Kingdom Come. I also found the regular version, which I did not get uh, at this time because I just didn't see a good paint, but hopefully when I go there's different versions. Now this Wonder Woman is tall. She is about eight inches tall. She fits in perfect with the, let me see if I can grab it without. Here we go. This is the eight inch Beast Kingdom Wonder Woman. She fits, she's like even a little bit taller than her. For those listening, I'm comparing the size between the Beast Kingdom normal suit Wonder Woman and the armored uh, McFarlane Wonder Woman from the new movie. Now the shield and the sword in her hand are from Beast Kingdom. She did not come with those because she's only going to be using a lasso in the movie. Sadly, she did not come with a lasso. She did not come with extra hands. She did come with a flight stand and of course uh, a card that you could, that they all come with, like a baseball card. The wings are uh, detachable and they do have an articulation, a little hinge. And the face isn't bad. However, she does look a lot better when you put the uh, Beast Kingdom Wonder Woman heads on her. So, McFarland, they have not slowed down. And I started to see that the new Arkham Joker and Batman from the video game is starting to hit Walmarts and Targets. So, keep an eye out for that. I, I'm really looking forward to getting that Joker and the Batman, but the Joker looks especially good. I really like the accessories with the chattering teeth. In terms of other new figures, Hasbro released a lot of the uh, Empire Strikes Back vintage card figures where the card back looks a lot like the old school. Uh, look who I'm talking to. I'm talking to toy collectors. You know what I mean. And... <laughs> Uh, they had like R2-D2, Dirty from the Swamp. They had uh, a Bespin Leia. They had basically everything from Empire Strikes Back. I didn't see the two-pack where uh, with Luke and Yoda that you could carry on his back. Uh, I also saw that the child is starting to get delivered to people that ordered online. I don't know if that's one that's just an online exclusive or if that's going to be one hitting stores too. I imagine that if it's at stores, it's not, you're probably not going to see it because scalpers will probably gobble that up. Uh, Beast Kingdom. After a long hiatus, they finally showed off a new figure from their 8-inch uh, dynamic action hero line. And it is the Heath Ledger Joker. And it looks like it's a soft, good jacket and all that. Uh, the sculpt looked okay from what I could tell from the picture. It's gonna run you about a hundred dollars. And so they've already gone up in price before they'd be around sixty dollars for really good figure. <clears throat> like the Wonder Woman and like the tactical suit uh Batfleck and the regular Batfleck from Batman vs Superman were really well done and they're only around fifty-five, sixty dollars, so they've already gone up in price sadly. NECA, they showed off some new stuff like the Ultimate Terminator for Arnold. And that's more Terminator stuff that they've been doing a lot lately. And this is a, their quote unquote ultimate, so it has 
three, I, I believe I saw three head sculpts and all the weapons and all that. So look for that. And uh, that's all I have in terms of new, new stuff. I know McFarlane released a little bit ago and we talked about it previously on uh, DC Figures and Collectibles that they have the medals line coming out soon. So, or at least that was leaked. So I'm sure that will be getting official release or official images soon for pre-order and yeah be on the lookout for all that stuff i'm pretty excited for uh all the mcfarland stuff i want to see more i definitely want to see what's in store animated wise and i do i really do want to hear hopefully we hear something soon on where we could buy or how we're going to be able to get our hands on the batman adventure continues animated figures and hopefully we hear from hud diamond toys uh, whether or not they'll be shipping out to comic retailers soon and hopefully uh they do uh, ship it to comic book stores and somehow there's a way that like restaurants where you can call ahead and uh, reserve an order and they can come out and bring you your figure or your comics that way uh, you, uh, it would allow these comic book stores which i can imagine are struggling at this time definitely hurting from the lack of business to so have some kind of business and uh, if the only way you could get the animated figures is through the comic book stores I think that'd be really good but we'll see I'm sure the online retailers need it just as much like uh, Big Bad Toy Store and Entertainment Earth and all that okay so before uh, we'll do the mechanic I'll do the mechanic and then as a review and then we'll do uh, the way review. So the mechanic is uh, it's an interesting Batman episode in in the sense that it shows you um, another layer to Batman that maybe you didn't know, especially as a, as a child, you kind of thought that outside of Bruce Wayne that Alfred did basically everything. So it's just between. Bruce and Alfred that they got everything done and then like the Batmobile and all that and the gadgets but then you kind of see that uh, Tompkins plays a role and like you know the medicinal stuff and mental health with Bruce and that there are uh, his group starts to grow but in this we learn that he uh, he has his own private mechanic basically and the guy that uh designed the Batmobile. So we learn about this guy named Earl Cooper. So at the beginning of the episode, we see Batman and Robin are on, are there chasing after a couple of penguins thugs, okay? Uh, their names are Eagleton, Falcon, and Sheldrake. And they're in a getaway vehicle. They're after them, and the only way that they see that they're going to be able to outrun the Batmobile is by going over a bridge that's about to go up to let a boat through. So they jump the bridge, and Batman, in, able to, or in order to stop, he ends up crashing the vehicle and de doing some damage to the front. So the Batmobile, it just basically limps its way to a secret garage, or at least it's secret to us, but Bruce obviously knows exactly where it is, and it leads to a mechanic, a mechanic garage that is operated by, as I mentioned, Earl Cooper. And he's the one that actually designed the vehicle. And he tells Batman up front he's going to need a few days 
with the vehicle to uh, get it in proper working order. But in the meantime, he gives Batman and Robin the Bat Cycles, which uh, we actually get from DC Direct, which are pretty cool. And so we also can assume that uh, he's the one that designed the Bat Cycles. So he gives them to the dynamic duo. And then we get uh, taken back to Penguin. And not only do we get to see the Penguin's lair, but we also get to see a nice callback to Batman Returns where we see uh, one of his big ducks, his mechanical duck. And uh, Penguin is quite angry with his, his goons that they, they botched the robbery. They didn't get what he wanted. And uh, which is, I guess, a rare addition of stamps. <laughs> So he is, uh, he's into a lot of different things, Penguin. He's quite the renaissance man. So he was upset he didn't get his stamps. And uh, when, after this, after he's done venting, one of his goons, uh, Falcone, introduces him to an acquaintance named Arnold Rundle, who works for an auto parts company. And he lets Penguin know that this order that came in from Earl Cooper, uh, fits exactly what the Batmobile needed in order to be repaired and it, like it matches the same damages described by the goons. So, based on the description, Penguin can tell that the this guy has the Batmobile and so he decides that he's gonna go over there and pay it a visit and uh, see if he can sabotage the Batmobile, which is very much like Batman Returns, what we see Penguin do. So again, Penguin's delighted, and uh, he gives this Rundle guy a check, but he puts him on the duck and basically just flushes him down a whirlpool, so who knows if the check will even be good. So Penguin and his thugs, they go right to Earl's garage, and they take Earl and his daughter, whose name is Marva, hostage, and Earl, of course, doesn't want to help Penguin. And Penguin uses his daughter basically as collateral and says, you're going to do exactly what I say or I will, uh, you know, I'll hurt your daughter. And basically, Earl explains that the reason he knows Batman is because he saved his life twice. And we see that little story. That's what I think is Earl was once an engineer for Global, Mo Global Motors. And after the company, leaders refused to listen to his warnings about serious safety defects in one of their cars, a reasoning that they could not legally be held responsible, Earl quit, fearing he was going to report it. His former bosses sent thugs after Earl, but Batman saved him. The attack prompted Earl to report both the defects and the attacks to the police. Several months later, Earl had been unable to find another job due to the due to being prescribed by the uh, due to being prescribed by the auto industry as a whistleblower. Described. I guess that was a, an air. When Batman appeared again in his rundown Batmobile and asked Earl for design and rebuild him a new one, Earl complied and he completed Batman. He completed it for Batman and Batman kept Earl on his uh, payroll in order to upgrade it throughout the time. So, Batman and Robin are called to pick up the repaired Batmobile because it's going to be part of Penguin's plan. And. Uh, he had Earl sabotage it so that while driving it would injure Batman. But Earl, when he drops it off to Batman, he gives him a, uh, a hint that uh, about something down in the basement, and he emphasizes that. Uh, so Batman would have that uh, obviously 
come to mind as things start to go haywire. As soon as they drive away in the Batmobile, Penguin follows in his own car, and he still has Earl's daughter as a hostage, and he left uh, Falcone to guard Earl. Now, Earl was forced, like I said, to rig the Batmobile with a remote, a remote control. Penguin has it, and, you know, laughing like Joker maniacally, he's just so happy to have one up on Batman, and he's, like, just sending the car on a crazy joyride throughout the city. Batman eventually realizes the clue. He's able to uh, break down through the floor mat, take out the whole the whole rig that Earl had to rig up. He finally gets the Batmobile under control, and uh, he finally gets Penguin, and he sends him to Stonegate Penitentiary where he has to work on uh, license plates. I like so it's a it's a fun episode. It's cool to see a few different callbacks, like the Batman Returns uh, duck that Penguin has. It's also nice to see uh, the different, uh, just the different world building aspect of having Earl as the mechanic for Batman, the one that took care of the Batmobile, the one that actually designed it. Which good for Earl because that's one of the most iconic Batmobiles even to this day outside of Batman 89, so he has quite the, uh, quite the eye for decor. So good for Earl. Now, what do I rate that episode? I would say a six and a half to seven. The Penguin stuff is okay. I, it's just not the strong, I, Penguin's never been just my, my favorite, uh, villain. So the Penguin stuff is just okay. The only thing I really like is the duck callback. Uh, the best stuff's the Earl stuff, learning about the uh, Batmobile and also seeing the the Bat Cycles or the Bat Pods that Earl obviously designed as well. So that's all really cool stuff. So overall, because it also doesn't have a lot of Batman in it, I would say six and a half to seven. Now, now we're on to the review of this week's wave. I think it's wave seven. And this is a wave I was really looking forward to. And I think it came in two parts, or I think one of them was released, one of these figures was released on its own. And I think it was this one. Clayface was released um, on his own. Okay, I got his head right here, sorry. And it was a deluxe pack, obviously, because he's so huge. He came with this head regular head and he also came with instead of accessories and a bunch of hands he came with accessories for his hands so he came with this ball and chain with spikes an axe and this hook slash wrap around grab him hand he has Pretty good articulation for a big figure. His arms move. He has single up and down. They move out a little bit, not too much. He has single joint elbow, and of course these pop out. He has. You do the splits. He has no knee articulations because his legs are so little, and he can move his ankles that way. He has diorama, or diorama, a diaphragm joint. <laughs> And he has some ab crunch, but nothing too crazy. And his head can rotate. 
as well as pop off the switch heads. So this is probably one of my favorite figures out of the whole line because it's so accurate to uh, how Clayface looks and also Clayface is one, has some of my favorite episodes as well in the whole series with Feet of Clay, um, Mudslide, Growing Pains. There's a lot of good episodes, so. I give this a 10. This is one of my first 10s, I guess. This is a perfect 10 with every one of these uh, accessories being very episode specific and being straight from the episode as well. Okay, so the, he would kind of release on his own, but these next one, these next three were released together, I believe. I could be wrong. Okay, so. Here's one, and it's another Batman figure, but this is anti-fire suit Batman. He came with a lot of hands, which I'm not gonna bother showing you. And he came with this gun. This is the main accessory. He came with his anti-fire gun. And he's a very cool figure, very cool looking. It almost is like a precursor to a Batman Beyond suit, but with blue instead of red. He has decent articulation. Uh, except he doesn't have ankle rockers that could just go up and down. No pivot. Uh, single joint elbow. Arms could only move that much because of the big shoulders. Head decent, but also very stiff. He's a cool figure, but in the show, he would only wore this. This outfit maybe, maybe a minute and a half to two minutes in Torch Song, the new Batman Adventure episode. So... I mean, as cool as this is, it would have been, I would have gladly sacrificed this figure for something like a Clock King or just another rogue that wasn't made yet or something like that because, I mean, it is a cool figure. I do enjoy this outfit. It is cool that they made it even though he barely wore the outfit. Um, but I would have gladly sacrificed this figure for another rogues that wasn't made. Okay, so I mean, I give this like a, a seven. A seven, six and a half, seven. Okay, now this figure is very cool. Not a lot of articulation, very limited. The ankles move like that and up and down, no pivot. Single joint knee single joint elbow, all the joints are stiff, no accessories outside of hands and the gun, his head moves a little weird, an odd way, here's his wings, and it's just a, it's a cool figure because this character in general doesn't get a lot of love, Firefly. And I know that he wasn't allowed to be in the original animated series because the censors um, I believe because the show was on Fox, not uh, WB. They didn't want fire in the show. And so once it switched over to WB and they were TNBA, they brought this guy on and started using as much fire as they wanted. Uh, I give this an 8 because it looks just like the character. The character is pretty cool. He was in some good episodes. He was the main villain in um, Legends of the Dark Knight where the kids all reminisce about or they all dream about what Batman might be like. He's the villain that that uh, appears at the end of the episode. 
So he was in a few. He was also in Justice League episodes. So he shows up quite a bit. Now, let's talk about show up quite a bit. So does this character in many different forms in this line and in a lot of different other lines. Harley Quinn. And this is the new Batman Adventure version of her with a bigger head. She comes with no accessories outside of this alternate head. And this could be just a shocked look, but it also looks a lot like the uh, girl that replaced her on Joker's Million that calls Joker Mr. G. It looks a lot like that character too, so it could be a replacement Harley. Uh, this figure's fine. I mean, not really. This figure doesn't have ankle rock, so it's harder to stand. I would give this a 5, because it's a rehash. You don't get any accessories except for an alternate head. And it's hard to stand and pose this, so... I give it a 5. Now, that's the entirety of that wave. Some strong ones. I think the strongest, of course, is Clayface after that. Firefly, Anti-Fire Suit, Batman, and then Harley Quinn. Alright, where are my notes? Okay. Uh, Fig of the Week is definitely going to be this. This Golden Armor Wonder Woman. If you see her, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, the scale's a little off, but if you uh, are used to toy photography, you can definitely fudge the scale. Okay, so... Now that we're at the end of this, we're at 24 minutes. We're going to, uh, I'm going to add on a little bit of what I was talking about with uh, the instruction on how I did, uh, how I started out doing my photography for Instagram. That's going to be uh, tacked on to the end of this, so stay tuned. And again, this is the first episode of the Tyler G Show. Hopefully we work out all the kinks and rust and start to get a flow with how uh, this will go. I know this is brand new, at least for me. I'm sure for you too, unless you've seen this somewhere else in an alternate multiverse. All right, so hope you enjoyed this. Hope you enjoy the uh, photo instruction that you're gonna be seeing if you decide to watch. All right, talk to you later. Okay, so as promised, I'm going to give uh, a lot of examples and show you exactly what I did when I first started off doing this whole uh, Instagram toy photography thing and so right now we're outside and that is because not only is outside a great source of light sorry for all the noise because again I'm outside but not only is outside a great source of light but it is also uh, cheap it's the cheapest source of lighting <laughs> And if you go outside in an area that has some shade, or if it's a day that's overcast, you can get this nice, even, ambiently lit look right now, to where it's not too harsh and there's not too many bright spots, but there's none at all right now. It's a good time of day, and it is kind of overcast where I am. So, I mean, right now it's kind of simple. It seems simple, just a red piece of paper and a figure. But how, even though it seems simple, it also just, it gives off a good quality. I mean, look at that, it looks nice. And also you could have the uh, option of putting a light back there to give it some added vibrance. 
And again, this is outside, so, but even when you add the light, it kind of looks like it's inside. But just, it seems simple, but what also this allows is for people to really take notice of the figure, the details of the figure, what's going on with that, which, I mean, if people are looking at action figure photography, they tend to want to see what's going on with the figure. But not only that, it allows you to not have to worry too much about the background as a photographer. And you can really see, you know, what you're working with, if your lighting is well, if it's even. Things to highlight on the figure, things you might not have noticed before, just looking at it uh, before putting it behind the lens. And it's just a, it's a good place to start and build up your skills before just, you know, going all in and buying you know, a $200 plus, $300 plus diorama when you have no idea what you're doing. So I feel like, for me personally, uh, doing this and doing maybe what might seem to others as very simple photos at first uh, and honing the craft is what really helped me out later on when adding dioramas and more intricate lighting so again this is just one step and if you want to come along on this journey where i go each week and uh, show you how i started or how i got started doing this you could start uh, you get any color piece of paper it won't it won't bother me if it's not red but you can start uh, doing this and practicing on your own and taking outside or doing inside one. So now we're gonna do, we're gonna head on in and we're gonna do an inside version of this shot and mess around with different colors and show you what that's like. All right, so let's head in. Okay, so we have now moved indoors for this portion of the very basic slash beginning step, at least to where I started. And first off the bat, you can see that one of the main things and dangers of shooting inside is you don't want to get too much light on your figure. You want to have it lit well, but you don't want to have it look like this, where it's glowing and just way too hot. And that's one of the reasons too, when you like shoot outside, you don't wanna be in direct sunlight because you could get like this, or at least you, I mean, unless that's what you're going for. <laughs> but uh, this is again, one of the main things that's the toughest part of shooting indoors, just finding the right balance of light to where it uh, looks more like this than what it was looking like where it's just hot. You want to just kiss it with a little bit of light. Right now I have three lights going. Two regular lights. And then uh, one with more of a blue tint. Just give it a different look. And yeah, I mean, once you find the correct balance of light, you can get a really nice looking picture. You can see a lot of details. One thing is you do get a shadow. You can try to fight to get rid of that, but indoors it's more of a battle than outdoors. But yeah, it's not too bad. And uh, again, with this 
the shot, even though it is simple and the setup seems simple, it allows your focus to not worry about the diorama and the background just yet. That will come as part of your progression and as you start to get more of a handle on what you're doing and everything starts to come a little bit easier. But first, it's like, uh, like if you play baseball. You gotta hit off a tee and get down the basic fundamentals before you face a pitcher and start going to live action stuff. So, with this, it's, it's a very easy background that looks great, so it's something you don't have to worry about, but it still looks high quality. And then whatever figure you choose, you get to really focus your attention on getting the correct lighting, getting the right balance, and making it so that you can see the detail of the figure and working also so that you could uh, capture the best part of the figure. So you're learning, you know, what, how to get the best out of yourself in terms of taking photographs with a limited amount of production around the figure. And you're also learning the correct lighting. And it's just, it's, it's a good, strong foundation for starting if you're gonna get into the toy photography game. <laughs> photography game. But yeah, I hope that this helps. And again, we're gonna be doing this every week. Next week we'll, uh, we'll have something new. That's again, one of the things that I worked on at the very beginning when I was just learning all this. So I hope you enjoyed this. Let me know if you enjoyed this and let me know if there's anything you want me to cover in the future uh, that we could go over that would be fun or at least you think will be fun. <laughs> and yeah, I hope you enjoyed this whole episode on the whole. I'll talk to you soon.